in some pressure. Steps away, throwing end zone, and it's caught! Hitting the pylon, and he's in for the touchdown! Calvin Ridley for six. Lofting for the corner, it's a touchdown! Ridley again! You guys know how much I love Steph. I think he's the best run runner in the NFL, right? That's who Calvin Ridley is. Second down off the play fake, getting it away. Calvin Ridley doing the rest! Touchdown! all three years but seemingly taking it to a new level this year they work out of the uh, tricks out here and russell gage throwing it deep for ridley and a touchdown the expectations will now be that trevor lawrence in 2023 takes a meteoric rise yeah. i can't love this more from jack yeah. another fake it's ryan has time going to the end zone it is caught for the touchdown N10 XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your host Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E to the T. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. It is Calvin Ridley Day in Duval. Uh, Tony, over on Pro Football Reference, I've refreshed this page 16 times so far. It still says suspended by his name. I know today is <laughs> only the day he can apply for reinstatement. Doesn't mean it's going to be expedited in a matter of hours, and uh, doesn't mean he's going to. Send in, I don't even know what it amounts to. Send in paperwork, uh, you know, make a phone call, have your representative reach out to the league. I'm sure there's some official process that he's got to take, but uh, I don't care about the particulars. I care about the end result. Yeah, which we probably won't know about for It'll be a little bit. A while. Yeah, I but, mean, what, what, it could be. What do you think of this, the shortest period of time we'd know? Uh, like a week? Yeah, two. That'd, that'd be like a week a from the week point would be he, he the gets shortest. Yeah, yeah, a week from the point he applies for yeah. reinstatement. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it's not till early March that we know. Yeah, I think yeah. that's reasonable, right? It's the middle of February right now, and again, we we I don't know if we'll know if he's applying today or not. Uh, I'll have to check his uh, various <laughs> social media accounts out there. You know. Yeah. He's, He's been uh, a guy who's tweeted about the Jaguars and how excited he is to come back. So um, there's been no reason to believe that Calvin Ridley, who the Jaguars traded for last season for some draft picks to be named later, uh, will not be reinstated. At least that's the the thought of everyone around the National Football League. There's not been a single national reporter that's hinted. You know, there could be a hang-up here. There could be this. I mean, obviously, he's, there's a process he's got to go through. I'm sure he's got to show or tell or what have you what he's been doing with himself for the last 12 months that does not involve wagering on sports, particularly the National Football League. Sure, just went to his uh, Twitter profile. Okay, what do you got? And his last two retweets have been yesterday. He retweeted the Jaguars tweeting out the happy birthday to Trent Baalke. So That's he, right. We we missed that one. We ha we wish David Grard happy birthday, but Mr. Masterclass himself uh, yeah. flew under the radar for us. And then he retweeted a Jaguars fan who tweeted out Calvin Ridley is free uh with the countdown timer to today basically down to, to zero. zero. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. As so well. That's what we know. He's at least paying that level of level of attention to today. I need to yeah. maybe I need to tag him in today's uh, Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. See if we can get some interaction with Calvin. Wouldn't it be great if Calvin would predict his 2023 <laughs> season numbers? I'd be very appreciative yeah, of that. Yeah. You know, I I heard you talking with Dan. Uh, you know about 
what the thresholds are and would we be excited about this and do we think Ridley's better than this and these are the numbers that Christian Kirk gave us. I think most people were pretty happy with the numbers Christian Kirk gave us they last year. Yeah. And keep in mind, Calvin Ridley, I say only, right, as if I've got billions, but he's only going to make something like $11 million this year compared to the 18-plus that Christian Kirk took in last year. So mm-hmm. if you're talking about a, you know, a cost-per-catch basis, Calvin Ridley's going to be a bargain, you would suspect, provided that, A, he gets fully reinstated, and, B, he stays healthy, and, uh, C, he stays fully engaged. And that's a fair question to ask because he wasn't fully engaged in 2021. You know, you look back at his breakout season that he had with the Atlanta Falcons, which came in 2020, where he had 90 catches for 1,374 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, That was a big leap forward in terms of the targets he got. He went from being a uh, 90-target guy to, keep in mind this year, Christian Kirk had like, what, 133 targets, Mm -hmm. I think, was the number for him. Uh, So he went from being a 90-target guy to 143 in 2020. But that coincided with Julio Jones getting hurt and missing a bunch of games that season. Julio Jones only played nine games. Julio Jones is on pace, Tony, for a typical Julio Jones season Mm -hmm. that year. So you wonder if he doesn't get hurt opening up the door for Calvin Ridley to become the the primary focal point of that offense. Uh, You know, what do those numbers look like? Are they maybe a little bit lower than that? Might our expectations be a little bit lower than – uh, with that, he was still getting a ton of targets that year, regardless, because in nine games, Julio had the ball thrown to him 68 times. Calvin Ridley um, had 143 targets. So if you average that out in eight games, that was, what, 71 and a half uh, mm-hmm. in, in each half of the season, playing a 16-game season at that point. So uh, today, the Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day is uh, asking you to have some fun with numbers. This is the first day Calvin Ridley can apply for reinstatement following his one-year suspension from the National Football League for gambling. And the question of the day asks you, assuming Ridley gets fully reinstated, please predict his stat line for 2023. We want catches, yards, touchdowns. That's it. Uh, the best for Calvin Ridley, again, across the board, all came in, well, two of the three uh, came in that 20. 20- 20 season. He did score 10 touchdowns as a rookie. He's always had a knack, as we talked about this week. Yeah. You know, for a pretty high touchdown. Yeah, 6 1 190 scoring that many touchdowns. It means he's a great route very runner. common, yeah. Right. I mean, it just means he's shaking guys in the red zone. And I'm sure there's some scored from distance as well. But uh, 90 catches, the best he had in 2020. 1374 by far. That's 500 better than any other season that he's had, by the way. Keep in mind, it's the only. Time he's top 900 in a season. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's counting on getting that Calvin Ridley. And whereas he'll be three years older than that breakout season because he did play in 2021 for the first five games and the numbers were way down. Yep. Didn't play at all last year. And then this year, who knows? You know, uh, every indication we've had, we had John Shipley on last week. Uh, said he's talked to people who've seen Calvin Ridley working out and that he looks like he's in phenomenal shape. Um, I hope I hope so. hope that's a good sign. hope uh, he hits the ground running and there are no setbacks, but there are a lot of potential, you know, question marks at least. Will he be the same guy? Has he lost any of that explosiveness just sitting around? And I'm not saying he's not done anything athletic, Tony, but they always say there's a big difference between 
being in shape and being in football shape, and I don't know how he could be in football shape at this point. Well, yeah, and it's just impossible to know looking at that 2021 season how much of whatever the drop-off for Calvin Ridley was, whatever the reasons were for him to step away, right? And it's only he knows the answer to those kind of questions. It's good to see him as excited about returning to the National Football League as he appears to be. Right here in Jacksonville over the course of the last several months, especially leading up to today when he can at least apply for reinstatement. But it's an impossible question to know the answer to. Only he knows the answer to how much of his on-field production in 2021 was a result of whatever the reason was for him to walk away uh, from the game at that point, at least temporarily. And then the suspension came on top of that last year. So, yeah, you do have two years basically where you hadn't played football and you had the walking away, but he appears to be – all on board right now, which is great. And if they're getting the Calvin Ridley that showed up in 2020, right, then, yeah, it's a monster of a home run deal uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars if that's the guy that they're going to get. I think it's hard to know exactly who that's going to be. That's part of the reason we're asking the question we're asking today. What do you expect out of Calvin Ridley his first year here in Jacksonville? It may be his only year ultimately here in Jacksonville, but what are you actually expecting out of the guy? I uh, quote tweeted the question of the day to Calvin Ridley, just asking him for his prediction for himself. What say you, Calvin Ridley? Yeah. Uh, So, you know, we'll see if he weighs in on that or not. Uh, Hayes Carline going to weigh in on Calvin Ridley with us a little bit later on today, about 30 minutes from now. He'll join the program to talk about that and other Jaguar offseason issues. I really want to get into Jawan Taylor. I know we touched on him, you know, or mentioned him yesterday with the intent of talking about him today, but I think we might get swept up in Calvin Ridley uh, fever uh, today. But uh, regardless, so we may get around to that uh, throughout the course of the program. Got a couple of fresh mock drafts we want to take a peek at, including Todd McShay, uh, who has the Jaguars going wide receiver at 24, okay. which is uh, kind of interesting. So we'll touch on that as well as we go along today. We'll take your calls if you want to get on board and discuss any aspect of Jaguar football this fine offseason at 641-1010. Also the same number for the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Or hit us up on Twitter at our typical handles at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony and at IME to the T. Come on, somebody. E, what do you got going on in there, man? What's what's uh, shaking with you this morning? Uh, you know, just a little razzle-dazzle with Calvin Ridley Day. You got that orange on your hat again? Yeah, right? not, not Albert, the no, orange. just the orange. Just the orange. Rocking the orange. Yeah, All right. You know, it's a good day. I think it's nice weather outside. I think. It is. Oh, I was walking in today, I thought – I don't know how many places in the world have had better weather than uh, we've had for a little stretch. I love this kind of weather right here, man. You know, leave for work in the morning. It's in the 50s. Uh, get out of work in the afternoon, and it's in, like, the mid to high 70s. That's gorgeous. Is this swing the sticks weather? Uh, I was out at the range yesterday, yeah. as a matter of fact. I'm swinging them. So, uh, I'm uh, often. Uh, which is not good in golf, right? Oh. The less you swing them, the better. Uh, not well. I haven't hit that many balls this off season. Let's put it that way, man. Um, you know, it's more taxing. On the the older I get, the more taxing it is on the joints. But uh, okay, yeah, makes sense. I hit a big bucket yesterday, and uh, I did okay. You know, I compare, I compare myself to like you know the only other people out there at like one thirty in the afternoon are guys you know twenty years older than me generally right the, the retirees folks, right yeah. the fully retired guys and I can still out hit them so as long as I can out hit them I'm Straight. okay right and I just tee it high and let it fly all right uh, if you want to get in you know the ways to do it today we'll talk a lot of Calvin Ridley as we uh, put our focus on this Jaguar off season here in 2023 the Hammer Hayes car line less than 30 minutes away and you're welcome to join us we've got bold predictions 
from Sports Illustrated for every team in the National Football League, and uh, there was one that winds up exactly with what we're talking about today, so we'll discuss that as well as we go forward. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T., you're listening to Jaguars today. Keep it right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, we're just talking about uh, one of those viral videos that was going around the last 48 hours. I know your answer to this, E. I asked you, uh, did, did you see that video with the pythons in the ceiling? Oh, my skin skills are still crawling. Man, I mean, because, like, the, the one clip that's out there, I mean, I, everyone's seen it by now, right? But, the like, there's that 23-second one where they just show you how big. You know, we're just talking about the, the python in the oh, ceiling yeah. video. <laughs> I retweeted it uh, yesterday. Yeah, it's been out, out there for yeah. like two days. Because on Friday, we had the black snake in the building. Yeah, we did, I guess. Right. It was a little tiny one. Yeah, but, yes. and I was watching, you know, everyone who works there freaking out about their being. I saw Taylor post about it, I think. Yeah. We had a visitor. The black snake in the building, and I was like, hey, she's trying to get out of the rain. You remember that downpour of rain on Friday? He's just any port in a storm, right? Like, I just want to be out of whatever that is, that mess Outside, that's fine. I was like, this puts our issue on Friday in perspective, right? The video of the pythons falling out of that ceiling. E, you good with the black racers occasionally sharing space with you in there? Nope. All right. Just checking. With my pistol. Yeah. <laughs> they keep the scary ones away. That's that's. Is what that I've what it is, the little black mind. racers? Yeah. Like keep what the- if they're eating enough of whatever's in the environment that there's not enough for the big boys. Oh, okay. What about that? If they just want to eat the black racer, <laughs> like, it, would seem, it would seem like that's a target-rich environment around these parts. So, yeah. uh, have you ever dealt with a uh, a rattles a rattlesnake? I've, a I've, rattle, I, a metal uh, bottle. I have killed two water moccasins. Uh, I've probably killed one water moccasin, two rattlers, mm-hmm. uh, little small ones. You know, like uh, three footers. No, I had a. Uh, like my the first one I killed was about five feet. Was it? Yeah. yeah. That was that was when I was working out at Southampton. Okay. Because it was sitting on the tee box at eighteen. <laughs> mm. I told you about the time uh, over at Cimarron. I I uh, may have let my driver fly out of my hand uh-huh. accidentally <laughs> on one of the tee boxes r- right next to a freaking little creek right there. Not thinking, you know. And there's a bunch of reeds sticking up in the middle of the creek. It looked like it was a little island. Mm-hmm. Just looked like a little. And I could see the drivers sticking up above the water. You know, it's safe to it's right there. there. Yeah. I'm like, it's it's like, it's, it's no more than 20 yards from me to that driver. I'm going to go get it. Took the shoes off. Took the socks off. Oh, yeah. I, I rolled up the, because how deep can it be? <laughs> I took one step. Oh, not bad. Took two steps. Whoosh. I'm right up to my chest. <laughs> yeah. And then I did the little dog paddle out. Got the driver. Hey. Um, you know, I was so and, and of course, you know there's water moccasins everywhere, everywhere there, everywhere. right? They're probably just like gliding up against me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I didn't notice. I was uh, a little on tilt at that point. Played the rest of the round barefoot. Uh fortunately, I only had like two holes. This go. whole segment gives me anxiety. Yeah. So anyway, just uh you know, those that that was uh quite the shot what's this bang on the yeah. ceiling panel right i had here? one i had a moccasin that struck, uh. struck at a golf cart i was on like while i was driving oh one time like mm-hmm. i didn't even see the thing i just heard this pop right on the side of the cart and i looked over and it's a moccasin was behind me oh wow yeah that was not fun it was mm-hmm. like whoo that was close i mean alligators are a lot bigger yeah uh you know so where did i see an alligator the other day oh down in Bunnell, uh playing golf uh, a couple weeks ago it's a pretty big one mm-hmm. down there um good size I don't know. and You know, you see videos, they can be quick, too. Yeah. And uh, I, I 
I, I think we probably don't have enough respect yeah, for how large, but dangerous they can be. Yeah. No, right? And you're agile uh, too. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of stroll up there. I, I'll get like within 15 feet and take a peek and be like, hey, what's up? You know? Right. you know, and then just kind of, I'm not. If you made one little yeah. faint towards me, I'd fall on my butt and, <laughs> I've and been go scrambling. But. One time playing golf, and I had a golf ball that was on, you know, like a slope going down towards a lake. And so I'm going down to play my shot, and I hear a hiss behind me. Ah. And I turn around, and there's, you know, a gator that's probably five feet behind me. I was close enough to him that he was letting me know he was there, right? Like, I got close enough without seeing him that he was like, hey, buddy, back off, and so I turned around, saw what it was, and just ran up the hill. Golf ball's gone. Bye bye. Yeah, you know, like sacrifice that went to the lake. That's fine. Well, you you haven't hit the uh, the right age yet. Uh, like once you, I, I don't know what it is, sixty, sixty two. When you you hit a golf ball, it can be one that you know was from nineteen thirty six. You hit that thing in the woods. You're gonna spend your full five minutes looking for it. Oh yeah, like you know that guy. I, I hey, do. And while I'm here, I found mine, but I've got four more minutes to look. So yeah. let me get that ball retriever out. Yeah. <laughs> I know a few people like that. All right. Sure. Uh, let's move off of that. I just, uh, you know, that once again, that video is all over the place. If you, I, oh, yeah. I, I find it hard to believe if you're anywhere on social media, you have not seen the pythons in the ceiling video where there's just the, you know, like a foot and a half of tail sticking out and they try to grab it. And then the next thing you know, the, the ceiling collapses <laughs> and there's at least two massive pythons yeah. intertwined. Uh, up there and they just try to get right back up in the roof yeah and you just think man let you, us be you, you wonder how long have we been living with them right right above our head yeah and we just happen like to every day it. you're sitting there's like the noise the, the ceiling is noisy. something right yeah. is, is it a squirrel like, is it a is it a bird is it a it? chipmunk oh no it's what could it be it's two prehistoric oh, monsters it's two gigantic <laughs> <laughs> freaking monsters they're, they're, that's an issue man we got too many and that that was i think somewhere in asia if i'm not mistaken yeah I, it yeah the helmets they were wearing i think it, right yeah right but we got plenty of them like the Philippines south florida or something like that people yeah. just you know oh, it's it'd be fun to have a python as a pet until it gets to be unwieldy well, what can i do with him uh, let him go let's throw him in the sewer <laughs> you know seems reasonable right I don't live in the sewer. Live so and let live. I'm not down there. Uh, all right. Uh, what do I want to look at here? Sports Illustrated. I saw this in um, John Shipley's timeline. That's how I got uh, my attention turned towards this. Connor Orr over at SI made one prediction for all 32 teams. Did you look at this uh, piece? I have not, no. All right. Uh, for the Jaguars, it's Calvin Ridley related. Would you like to guess I've narrowed it down to the player he's making the prediction about. What do you think he predicts for Calvin Ridley this year? Uh, good, bad, mediocre. Good. Career best in all major categories. Yeah. Kidding me? Yeah. Like 1,400 yards, Calvin Ridley, you think is what we're going to have this year. I mean, I'll 1,400, take 11 touchdowns, and 95 catches. Let's go. Right. Like, at least, because 90s is high. Yeah. Was it 1,374, 1374 is, is the yardage and 10 touchdowns? His rookie year. So, yeah. even if he matched all those, you would take that in a second, and you would presume Calvin Ridley's going to get a contract extension from the Jacksonville Jaguars, or at least uh, they'd be very eager to sign him to one if he shows he's that kind of player. Still, man, uh, I, I don't know. I Is he going to get 140 targets in this offense with Christian Kirk? Keep it in mind, what did uh, Marvin Jones have? I think it was like in the 88, like I want to say 81 
Does that sound right? Sounds about right. It's I believe in the 80s is what he had. So if you're going to get him up to even Christian Kirk level, you got to come up with 50 balls that were going somewhere else that have to go to Calvin Ridley this 81, year. 81, yep. Yeah, 81. That's a massive leap. Uh, you know, he had 143 balls thrown his way when he set most of his career highs with the exception mm-hmm. of the touchdowns. He's only one off in touchdowns. So it was his clearly career year by a significant margin that year. I don't know if the Jags can give him that kind of volume in this off. I mean, Christian Kirk deserves to be fed the football, I don't think, any less than he was last year. Sure. And I tend to agree with you. I think from a numbers perspective, it'd be hard uh, for Calvin Ridley or any of these guys really to uh, achieve those kind of numbers as well as they space it out in this offense, especially if Ingram is back and uh, we both expect him to be ultimately. But I think this kind of write-up regarding the Jags does speak to, you know, you see the power rankings coming out this week post-Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. and you'll see the Jaguars at like six. In some of these power rankings this so week. Some at 7-1 yesterday. Yeah, it, and it's, I think, the combination of where the Jacks are in the power rankings feeds into these kind of articles right now where I think the NFL writers are bought into Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, hook, line, and sinker, right? After seeing what they did in that comeback against the Chargers in the playoff game uh, and the way that they ended the season, like that second half run, I think – the writers are bought in on what the Jags could potentially be going into next season. Now, we'll see if they can live up to that promise, right? I think they're in the right kind of division to start a run uh, with the AFC South in the position that it's in right now. But it does speak to, I think, that kind of idea that the Jags are going to be one of the favorites in the AFC because they're an easy favorite in their division right now and have the right coach and quarterback. Are you still? Uh, I, I would say we're both ninety-five, over ninety-five percent that Evan Ingram will remain in the Jaguar uniform when last we put a number on it. Are mm-hmm. you? Do you still feel the same way? It's probably not that high. My confidence because that was only like a week or so yeah. ago, right? Like I feel like mine's waning a little just because so many people are trying to make the case that Jawan Taylor should be. Yeah. The priority and that he like I cannot imagine them putting the franchise tag on Juwan Taylor. Well, and, and it's and over eighteen million dollars. No, I don't think they will either. But it's more and more the people that were around the team the whole time and have had conversations in that building that are saying, No, Juwan Taylor's the priority. Right? And it's it's hearing them say it that has me going, Okay. I can at least rethink what I think the team's going to do. If it was me making the decision, I'd make the same decision I would have made a few weeks ago. Evan Ingram's not going anywhere. And if I have to franchise tag him, I'll franchise tag him. And I would offer Juwan Taylor somewhere in the neighborhood of $12 million a year. And if he wants to test free agency being given that offer, fine. I'll make it work for $12 million. I don't want to go north of that. I think the team is willing to go north of that to ensure that Jawan Taylor is going to be back here. Maybe, and may, maybe they give him, oh, like, a number. And I, obviously, the idea is get him signed before free agency opens up because then it's out of your hands, yeah. right? And so, you know, you, you throw that number out, and once you're, you stop at a certain point, it's out of your control if you, unless you've applied a tag to him. And, again, I just – man, can you pay Cam Robinson – basically franchise left tackle money mm-hmm. and pay Juwan Taylor franchise offensive tackle money 
on the right side, I, I just don't know how you can do it. I really don't. I Not for that level of impact. I mean, really good in the pass game, graded out very poorly as a run blocker. I get it. Pass protection is much more important, but we got to pay a guy the average of top five players on the offensive line, basically. Right. If he's deficient in one of the major areas you're going to ask him to perform at for the next few years, not me. Um, yeah, I, I want him back, but I want him back at the right number. And uh, that is, you know, part of that is you've got a potential succession plan in place. You've got no succession plan with Evan Ingram other than let's go burn some of our draft capital mm-hmm. that we probably need to focus on other areas with, at least in my opinion. Uh, and yeah, you could replace him. You could replace Evan Ingram, get a cheaper option in the first round. There goes a starting corner or a starting defensive tackle or a starting whatever, uh, you know, B. Sean Robinson, uh, perhaps. Uh, so, anyway, um, a lot of things to think about. But today's question today, presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate, asking you, assuming Calvin Ridley gets fully reinstated, what do you predict his stat line will be for 2023 catches, yards, and touchdowns? I'll give you an update if he weighs in himself uh, this year. Uh, what do you think he would say? I'd say like 120 2020, something like that, right? Why not be optimistic about yourself? For sure. We got the Hammer Hayes car line from the Frangie Show, Jaguars embedded reporter from 1010XL, joining us next to discuss Calvin Ridley and other Jaguar-related tidbits. This is Jaguars Today. Keep it right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, uh, this one on Twitter moments ago in uh, reference to Calvin Ridley. He also had mental health issues, which is true. He said he stepped away from the game for his own mental health. If he had stopped your tweet there, that would have been good. But you had to add he would do well to try the XFL. (laughs) I mean, why do we do it here, man? It starts this week, I think. Does it? Well, I think so. The, do you, you don't even have to get reinstated for that, right? Oh, yes. yeah. Eligible Crazy. to play the XFL. Not even the new USFL. I feel like the new USFL is better than the XFL. Should I feel that way? I don't know. Are don't they know. are they both equally ignorable? Yeah, I don't like, I'm going to ignore them both, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. I heard I'm, A.J. McCarron's a, playing in one of them. I'm going to give it a try. I think. Are you? <laughs> you report back, please, and let us know how that went. Let's uh, say hello to the hammer himself. Hayes Carlion, embedded Jaguars reporter from 1010XL. Good morning, Hayes. How are you, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you all? We're doing quite well. Happy uh, Calvin Ridley can apply for reinstatement day. Yes. You know, that's yeah. where uh, a lot of uh, Jaguar fans' focus will be today, uh, Hayes. And I, I don't know if you saw it. We were just talking about a piece that Connor Orr did over at SI.com where he made a prediction for every team for the upcoming season. He predicts Calvin Ridley will have career bests in all the major categories, uh, I, I, I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen, right? Like I, he had 143 targets in 2020 when he did that, and that was with Julio Jones missing seven games. They didn't really have another receiver to speak of. You know, last year Christian Kirk had uh, over 130 targets himself. Uh, can Calvin Ridley get the kind of volume that's going to be necessary for him to replicate his career best season? I don't think so, unless kind of what you're saying from the past happens again. You know, if Christian Kirk makes sure. half the year, then, you know, maybe Calvin Ridley could get to those numbers. But 
No, I mean, you look at what he did in 2020, 90 catches, 1,374 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, he's not going to duplicate that in year one here uh, if everybody stays healthy. Uh, and again, that's not a knock on Calvin Ridley. He doesn't have to do that. And that's what I think the message is going to be to Calvin Ridley when he arrives is you don't have to be the savior. Don't put that pressure on yourself. You know, we're not looking for you to be the savior. We've got Christian Kirk and we've got Zay Jones and hopefully Evan Ingram will be back and we have ETN and we've got a certainly a superstar uh, quarterback we believe in Trevor Lawrence. He just has to fit in. And so I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to expect that out of Calvin Ridley right out of the gate. And so, uh, no, I I would be stunned if he surpasses his 2020 numbers. I know right now Dempsey and I were just discussing that we feel like a couple weeks ago, if you ask us the odds of Evan Ingram being back in Jacksonville next year, we would have told you close to 100%, right? And if we have to use the franchise tag on him to keep him here, we think that's the direction the team would be willing to go. But over the last couple of weeks, with the way that Jawan Taylor continues to be discussed uh, and how the team seems to regard him, it feels to me more and more, Hayes, like the priority could be put on keeping Jawan Taylor over Evan Ingram if they're put in a position where they're going to have to spend the big bucks on one of those two guys. Do you get the same sense? Yeah, I think it's a really difficult call for them. Um, You have the in-house option. Uh, it, it tackle in terms of Walker Little that you don't have it tight end. But I would say that right tackle is probably a little bit more valuable than tight end. And it's a draft that's full of tight end. So um, not so much uh, tackle. So uh, as you look at the whole puzzle, I, I think they could certainly prioritize Juwan Taylor over Evan Ingram. Uh so I, I, I think it's a, it's a very tough call uh, for this organization. And, again, they've got until March 7th to figure out what they want to do with the tag. Um, and, you know, and, and obviously March 7th to, to hopefully work out extensions with both players. But I, I think it's a really difficult call. I, I think I would probably lean more towards if I could only keep one, I think I'd probably lean more towards keeping Juwan and then uh, hoping I can I can fill that void at tight end with either a, a free agent or uh, with a draft pick. Man, I just hate to spend the kind of draft capital that people are projecting. You know, it, inst- I'd much rather just have a guy that we know fits the offense in Evan Ingram, wants to be here, they want him back here, and yeah, it's going to be more expensive, but uh, you know, it, it's expensive to give that kind of draft capital, I think, Hayes, and rookie tight ends – don't usually make the kind of impact that they're going to eventually make right away. It's usually a position that you've got to ease guys into. Ingram was a bit of an exception to that, but if it were you and you could only have one of them back, you take a Taylor, you take an Ingram. I would take Ingram because I think Walker Little can play right tackle. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do. Um, and and I I think Jawan Taylor had a good year, but I, I you know I I don't think you're losing something that you know is is such a, a rare quality that I that that you can't duplicate it or fill the void. So to me, you have the in-house option, which is rare. Normally in these conversations, you don't have that luxury. You have it here. So why wouldn't you you know why wouldn't you just bring back Evan Ingram and let Jawan Taylor test the market and uh, and just promote Walker Little to right tackle. I mean, that, that seems to be the easiest thing uh, to me 
But again, they could look at this free agent tight end class, and it's going to be attractive. You know, I mean, Jacksonville is going to be an attractive destination for a free agent tight end if Evan Ingram does end up leaving, because they're going to look at what Evan Ingram did in terms of his production at 766 yards, and and there's going to be a lot of tight ends that look at that and and view Jacksonville as an attractive destination. Whether you know Dalton Schultz is going to probably command big time money. Uh, but, you know, what does Gusecki get? What does Austin Hooper command? What does Irv Smith command? What is Hayden Hurst, you know, looking for? You know, there's some guys down the line that, you know, maybe they could look at taking the money they would have allocated to Ingram and giving it to one of those tight ends. But if it were me, because you've got Walker Little, it would be if I if I could only keep one, I would keep Ingram and let Taylor hit the market and Walker Little would be my right tackle and, and I would move on. Hayes, I think we all expect that Shaq Griffin's going to be released at some point between now and the start of the league year when free agency is going to open up. What do you think at this point will be the most difficult keep or cut decision for this Jaguars franchise? I, I Honestly, Tony, I mean, it's a great question, but I don't think there's going to be anything that's going to be overly difficult. I mean, I think it all lines up pretty well. I mean, they've got three that I think are – or guys that are big time points of emphasis and in Ingram Taylor and in, in Arden key. And once you get beyond that, I mean, I, I don't really feel like there's a guy in there that you just absolutely have to have. I mean, it, you know, you can, you can find Chris Manhurst, Dan Arnold, Marvin Jones. I mean, you sort of already have the Marvin Jones replacement with Calvin Ridley coming into play. You don't know about Dewan Smoot's, uh, injury and, and recovery timeline uh, you know so for me I, I think it again I think this is another portion of the offseason that sets up pretty well for the Jaguars because in terms of other than Shaq Griffin which is a totally easy decision I, I don't think they have to move on from anyone else I mean surprise I would have thought Roy Robertson Harris Rayshon Jenkins could have been in trouble in October mm-hmm. but I, I certainly don't think Rayshon Jenkins is in trouble now and I wouldn't think Robertson Harris is if they're going to keep Trayvon Walker at the same position he was at last year. So um, Jamal Agnew has a high cap number and maybe they'll try to, you know, work out some deal uh, with Jamal to try and lower that from 5.8 million. But in terms of tough decisions, I think once you get beyond the three guys that you'd like to retain, uh, I think the rest can be guys that, you know, you allow to test the market and, you know, maybe you circle back to once you get to the second, third wave of free agency if they if they're still out there. But you know, for the most part, I think you can uh, you can easily fill the the gap of of, of their departure. Yeah, Rayshon's got that Waffle House karma now, so he's safe. He's he's <laughs> yeah. in the protective bubble at this point. Uh, Hayes, you mentioned Arden Key uh, played on a one year, four million dollar contract, right? And was a good player, and you know, was a a good fit with the locker room, showed a lot of leadership, things like that. Okay, I look at Justin Houston, older player, went to Baltimore on a one-year, $3.5 million deal and had nearly 10 sacks last year. Are we just focusing on Arden Key because he was a good fit in the locker room kind of guy? I mean, his age is nice, but he's never shown to be that level of a pass rusher. Why not just go after one of these, you know, or maybe a couple of these 33, 34-year-old guys who have shown they can do it over time and you can maybe get on one of those one-year bargain type deals. Yeah, it's a good question. But I look at Arden Key as he's only 26, so he's 
so I, I think that there's still uh, upside there, still his best football ahead of him. And to me, Arden created plays for others uh, that, that he gets no credit for in the, in the stat line. Um, I think you can make a case he created four or five sacks for other guys with his initial pressures. Uh, and I think he created turnovers. Uh, so I think Arden Key's value shows more than maybe what his stat line did. Uh, and certainly he's a, he's a fantastic leader and, and locker room guy. So uh, I would like to see Arden Key return. But again, that's one that that could get way more expensive than what it was this past off season. I mean, there's again, edge rusher is not a very deep um, pool in terms of free agent talent. Uh, Arden key wants to come back, but I mean, he hasn't made crazy money in the NFL. So if, if he gets a chance to go sign some huge contract with one of these teams that has, you know, just oodles of cap space, then uh, you know, it, it may prove difficult. And, and again, I, I like your, where you're going with if you have to replace him i i think there's options i mean i'm in the camp of if i if if tony khan's okay with it i'd bring back in he's perfect for what this team needs now they don't need a guy to play the run they need a closer they need a guy on third and eight to go get the quarterback strip sack him or if you're up 10 points in the fourth quarter to do what he did when he was here before and i think in has been humbled a lot uh, by the, the numerous stints that he's had elsewhere since he left Jacksonville. So if Ngakwe, if the bridges aren't burned, uh, I would welcome Ngakwe back because he is exactly what this defense needs. This defense needs a closer. And I get Ngakwe can't play the run. I'm not going to ask him to play the run. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to figure out what Ngakwe is worth to me and offer him like 75 cents on the dollar <laughs> and be like, that's it. That's what, And I'd tell him that too. This is what you're getting. Um, you're going to make it either easy on me or you're not coming back because uh, uh, we're the team that you want to latch on with now. Anyway, I, do, I don't see that happening I, I, from both ends. I don't think, you know, Jan made a big deal like he was insulted by what the Jags offered him, Tony, which was the most money that anybody's ever offered Yannick yeah, Ngakwe. He's, he's left about $12 million on the table um, since he left here and took less money even in the trade when he went to Minnesota. He's like, yeah. Here's five million, right. right? Like it was, it was just such a weird situation. So I'm with you. Probably can't see that coming um, around the bend. But we do know the order of what's going to happen in the offseason haze, right? Like we know they're going to have to make a decision with their own in-house free agents by a certain date. Then free agency, then the draft. All these things. We know what order they're going to be coming in. For you, if you were to just rank order your top three priorities, right? The things that you think are most important for the Jaguars going through this offseason, whether that be a player to be retained, positions of need, et cetera, like that kind of thing for the Jags entering the offseason, what would your top three be? I would really address edge rusher again. And again, a lot of that will depend on what they decide to do with Trayvon Walker. But I, the pass rush was just, it was the, it was the fatal flaw of the team this year. And I would keep adding to it um, and, until you find the guys, uh, you know, I, I don't think they have anybody that they can say with 100% certainty is a elite pass rusher. Uh, Josh Allen has done some good things, uh, but he's getting close to decision time on whether you want to offer him a, a big second contract. Uh, Trayvon Walker, I thought, was disruptive. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think he was disappointing by any stretch, but we don't know that, that he's ever going to be a, a 12 to 14 sack player. 
uh, Caleb on Chase on, I think the book's written there. Uh, so to me, if there's a, an edge rusher at 24, somebody that can help improve the pass rush, that's absolutely where they should go. Uh, corner is, is got to be addressed. And, and there you're looking at somebody that can help you as a nickel, as a rookie, and then go outside uh, once Darius Williams leaves uh, after 2023. Uh, so I'd say you know corner is incredibly important. And I'd like to see them invest in receiver in, in the first three rounds. I, you know, they've done a nice job of, of you know, signing Kirk and free agency and Zay Jones and adding Ridley through the trade. But I'd like to see them draft a player that can sort of grow up with Trevor. And so, I, I, you know, if you can get a receiver there in the third round uh, that could sort of push Agnew for that fourth spot as a rookie – uh, with the idea that, you know, he's probably going to move up the board. You know, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley, all those decisions are going to be expensive moving beyond 2023. It'd be nice to have a, a third-round rookie uh, on, a, on a very reasonable deal uh, to, to kind of help balance that out. So to me, if the value all fell, if, if, if you know, if, if there wasn't some guy that, you know, you just were shocked was there at 24 – uh, or, or second round or third round to me, it would be edge, corner, receiver. All right, so if you are shocked, and we, we're running out of time here, Hayes, but let's say you've got a grade on a guy. We, we talked about B. John Robinson in this uh, capacity yesterday. Like, l Let's say you had a top 10 grade, and because he's a running back, he's fallen to you at 24. Or let's say, like Todd McShay mocked today, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba sitting there, and maybe the Jags have, let's say, a top 15 grade on him. And it's not the biggest position of need. How do you feel about just adding an offensive playmaker, even if you feel like if Calvin Ridley's reinstated and Evan Ingram's back, you're fairly well stocked there in the first round? I'd have no problem drafting a receiver in the first round because I think you're going to need to invest in that position and you need a player that can grow with Trevor. I'd have no problem with that. It would be malpractice for them to take. John Robinson at 24. What if you, uh, what if you a, thought he was as good as Saquon Barkley? Like when he first came back out. that just generated 1,400 I understand yards of that. that. Yeah, no, you, you can't take B. John Robinson under any circumstances. Under I, any I don't circumstances. They, under any circumstances. Number one, he's the number one graded him. player on your board, and he's sitting there at 24. You can't take him. Can't take him. Okay. Though I never want to hear you talk about value over need then. That's fine. All right. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All right. Hey, he's just messing with you a little bit. Just a tiny bit, though. Uh, Hayes Carline, catch him on the Frangie Show every afternoon right here, weekdays at 3 p.m. And on Twitter, at his name, Hayes Carline, C-A-R-L-Y-O-N. The Hammer has spoken. Hayes, always appreciate the conversation, man. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you guys so much. Take Thank care. you, buddy. There he goes. Under no circumstances. Damn you, Hayes. <laughs> Trying to take my fun away. I, I don't I don't agree with that. I really don't. And I'm not saying the Jags would value him that way, by mm -hmm. the way. But, you know, we always talk about getting these difference makers. And, oh, we, we didn't take this guy because we had this guy. We didn't take, you know, we didn't take Roethlisberger because we had Leftwich. And Leftwich wasn't any Trevor Lawrence. And there have been plenty of those kind of instances. Well, we have this. So, let's get this that we need. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, again, don't think it's likely, and I think there's a great chance that he's gone by the time it comes up. I'm not fixated on it, mm -hmm. but I, I wouldn't just dismiss it out of hand. Uh, we'll come back. We'll take a look at McShay's next effort mock draft. Uh, that is volume 2.0, and uh, there's one out uh, as well at Pro Football Network. Wanted to take a peek at as we get into hour number two. 641 
1010. The question of the day presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate asks you to project Calvin Ridley's stat line for the 2023 season, presuming he gets fully reinstated by the National Football League. Today's the first day that he can apply for reinstatement. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. I'd have no problem drafting a receiver in the first round because I think you're going to need to invest in that position and you need a player that can grow with Trevor. I'd have no problem with that. It would be malpractice for them to take B. John Robinson at 24. Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Remember that when Bijan has 2,000 yards this year and his offensive rookie of the year. I look, I get it. Travis Etienne was very good. It's not a screaming position of need. What's the depth chart behind Travis Etienne? There is none. There is none. We're preparing, or like we've got Ridley, Kirk, Zay Jones at the least at the top of the depth chart, um, but we're, we can draft a receiver because we're going to need him down. I mean, the, isn't the idea Calvin Ridley's going to be good enough that we're going to give him a contract extension, right? That's the idea. More than a one-year rental. Yeah. Right? So, if you have Calvin Ridley under contract, Christian Kirk under contract, Zay Jones under contract for one more year beyond the upcoming one. I mean, look, I'm, I'm also okay if they get the right receiver that falls to him there. Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, is who was mocked to the Jaguars by Todd McShay in his latest mock draft. And they're only mock drafts, right? But they, they give you a good kind of mental exercise to play out. How would you feel if it went this way? with the 24th pick in the draft. The problem with the 24th pick, unlike the Jags so often serving us up the red meat of a top 10, uh, is that it's very difficult to figure out who's actually going to be available when your pick comes on the board. By the mm-hmm. way, in this one, uh, again, Bijan Robinson goes to Baltimore. I wonder if they think it's malpractice since they have J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. And uh, I think Gus Edwards might be a free agent this year. But Gus Edwards, I mean, basically anybody they plug into that offense has been a five-yard-to-carry guy yeah. in recent years. Now the offense is going to change with Todd Munkin coming in. Uh, by the way, Eric Bieniemy going to interview with uh, the commanders for the offensive coordinator job. We'll get back to McShay's mock here in a minute. Uh, I was looking at a thread from Lewis Riddick this morning of ESPN. Uh, some think would make a great general manager – candidate in the National Football League, and he uh, mentioned Eric Bieniemy and Lou Anarumo, who is the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, mm-hmm. okay, who was a finalist for the Arizona job, didn't get the Arizona job. Um, and I guess that's going to Gannon, the defensive coordinator from the Eagles. So the Eagles going to lose both their coordinators, it looks like, right? Shane Steichen taking the Colts job. So he says Bieniemy, Anarumo, two men that should have been head coaches this cycle, should have happened for Eric years ago. Again, I, I don't know. It's like, you know, who built Gobekli Tepe? Uh, next on, <laughs> on the History Channel, why could Eric Bieniemy never get a head coaching job? He has to have interviewed with more teams than anyone in the history of professional sports without getting a head coaching job. He's interviewed a bunch. I mean, he's for interviewed sure. for like 14 or 15 times for head coaching positions. So they're not excluding him. You know, no. people have said, look, he's got a checkered past off the field. He has some DUI issues back in college, what have you. Well, if that's going to eliminate him, you wouldn't interview him yeah. for the job, right? Unless he comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm going to keep getting behind the wheel drunk. Don't tell me what to do. Right? 
<laughs> Obviously, we're being I doubt he's here. being that belligerent in the interview. All right. Process. I mean, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous, right? So I, I don't know what, what's up with Eric Bieniemy, uh, But at the same time, his contract's up in Kansas City. I think he just, at this point, feels like I got to get out from Andy Reid's shadow. Yeah. If, if people are going to judge me, I'm going to have to go take on a more challenging spot other than not being the full-time play caller for an offense that's led by Patrick Mahomes so people feel like, you know, Tony Smith could go in there mm -hmm. and do a decent job. I would do a terrible job. That's why I picked you. <laughs> um, so, anyway, I just in this thread, and it's I don't want to get down the Eric Bieniemy, Lou Anarumo uh, rabbit hole, mm -hmm. who, quite frankly, before this year, I could not have told you that Cincinnati's defensive coordinator was Lou Anarumo. No, I'm with so, you. So, you know, good for him if he's put himself on the radar. But in the third tweet in his – thread he mentioned some names he says Jero Avero is a future star that's the defensive coordinator for Denver who got like three or four interviews it seemed there are multiple teams that were interested in mm -hmm. talking to him for a head coaching position uh, this offseason yeah, says the reports were there were more teams that were interested in still talking to him when he took the job in Carolina yes right right that that wanted and maybe he just got the sense that he wasn't going to get them or he yeah. wanted bird in hand, whatever, but uh, he's going to be defensive coordinator there. Mike Kafka is a future star. I skipped the one in the middle. Mike Caldwell oh. is a future star, says Lewis Riddick. And, you know, I Mike, hope so. Mike Caldwell's <laughs> stock in Jacksonville was on that roller coaster this year, right? Early in the season, Tony, couldn't run on the Jags. Jags were winning games handily, crushing the competition, and the very early parts were like, man, hope we can hang on to Mike Caldwell for a few years before he gets plucked as somebody's uh, next head coach, right? Yeah. Then – Like, I hope he's still on that track. That'd be awesome. That Right. I mean, you want him to have success, and, and that's fantastic, And which is why, you know, it's tough a lot of times in today's climate. Indianapolis admitted it as well. Jim Mercer said, we wanted an offensive guy – we're likely going to be drafting our quarterback of the future. I want a guy who can be hands-on to mold him. And then he made some comment about, hey, that Alabama guy is pretty good. Like, throw throw all the cards on the table, Jim. <laughs> you don't have the first pick. You know, you're going to have – maybe it's a, a, a head fake. Just can't help. Maybe he loves C.J. Stroud, right? Something and he's like just that. like, watch this. Watch uh, this. Uh, Calvin Ridley has tweeted – Oh, has he? And Did he, he tweet to me? Uh, no, uh, I, I haven't seen that yet. Dang it. But he remains obviously engaged in whatever the process is today for Calvin Ridley. He tweeted out about five minutes ago, Ridley family is overly ready with the praying hands and the heart. So that at least indicates that he is engaged in the process enough to know today's the day he's got to turn this stuff in, whatever it happens to be, uh, for a reinstatement to the league. However long that process is going right. to take, the, the we don't prayer know. hands and the is like, please let this come to pass, yeah. right? So yes, they're, we're ready to go. Uh, so are we, the extended Ridley family. You know, mm -hmm. I'm Team Ridley. I'm I'm Fam Ridley. They call me. <laughs> um, but anyway, I thought it was interesting with the Mike Caldwell thing because then in the middle of the season, Tony, around these parts, a lot of people calling us up saying, hey, fire Mike Caldwell, right? And then the Jags started winning games. The defense started making big plays. That all kind of went away for a while. And then you got into the postseason and you're like, well, we can't get any pressure on Patrick Mahomes on a gimpy ankle. Neither could the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. Although playing on a slick field, which we – discussed yesterday but you know what I mean like it was just up and down up yeah. and down up and down with Mike Caldwell I hope 
that Lewis Riddick is right. I hope that uh, Mike Caldwell, you know, gets some better raw material to work with this year and puts himself on that hot list. Like, was Jero Averro on the hot list coming into this year? I didn't get that sense. I don't know. Yeah. Right? And then Denver's defense was so damn good. And, you know, yeah, despite like, the fact that Russell Wilson was hideous, they kept them in games. I mean, the Jaguars were looking for a defensive coordinator last year. I don't remember the name of Vero ever coming up. No. Um, but regardless, I mean, good for him. I'm not he knocking He did a great him. job. My point yeah. being, like, these guys aren't all household names. It's, you know, the, the Lou Anarumo uh, kind of deal. Did he deserve one of the head coaching jobs? I mean, who didn't then? You know, does Frank Reich not deserve another chance? Does Shane Steichen not deserve it uh, in Indy? I don't know, you know, but if you're going to say, well, these guys deserve it, tell me who didn't and who they should have been hired ahead of. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm not – look, again, the thing with Biennemi is is mind-boggling because he's good enough to get in the room with everybody. And he hasn't been – I don't even want to say good enough. He just hasn't made an owner – at the end of the day, say he's the last man standing. I can't tell you why. You know, some people say, oh, he's black. Well, there are other mm -hmm. black coaches that are getting hired, right? I mean, it's I don't know what it is. I'm not saying there's that has nothing to do with it. I just don't know. How can you know exactly what's in the head and the heart of all these people out there hiring guys? I assume they all want to win football games. I assume they see the job that Eric Bieniemy has done. But anyway, this wasn't supposed to be about Eric Bieniemy. It was more about the fact that Lewis Riddick um, – has uh, you know tweeted out that he feels, among others, Mike Caldwell is a future star in coaching circles. And uh, like you said, let's hope that's the case. Yeah. So that means that Jaguars defense is probably going to be pretty good. All right, we'll look at this mock a little bit deeper from uh, Todd McShay here where he has Jackson Smith and Jigba, the Ohio State wide receiver, who barely played this year, by the way, uh, coming to Jacksonville and uh, look and tell you whether or not we think that's a good fit. Also, a uh, fresh one up there as of yesterday – at Pro Football Network, so we'll take a peek at that one as well. That's Tony Pauline's site, who I believe Tony Pauline going to join the show tomorrow. Is that correct? What do we Tis got? correct tomorrow. 1120? 1120-ish, yes, All sir. All right, there you go. Tony Pauline uh, will officially kick off draft season uh, tomorrow in these parts. The Chad and Sandy Real Estate Question of the Day today, asking you to predict the stat line for Calvin Ridley this year. Catches, yards, and touchdowns. You can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, that uh, and, and I found out too that Duval Doom pays for Twitter. Yeah, seen this? What an embarrassment! Oh my God! <laughs> Seriously, Doom? I mean, he's got a blue check. Just mark? delete your account. Yeah, he's got a blue check mark because because right. the, the one yeah. guy who said that the Calvin Ridley, yeah, you know, belonged in the XFL or would be do well to try the XFL. Right. He's one of these guys. He's got like 200 followers and he's got the blue check mark. I'm Is like, it yeah. Like like I'm not. If you pay for Twitter, your decision making is is yeah. faulty to begin with. Like I'd like opinion. to have the conversation with Doom because he is on Twitter a lot, right? So if the the things that are coming in that limit the amount of times that you can tweet or react with somebody, like it, like respond to somebody, if paying for Twitter is just so I can still respond to people as much as I want to. You gotta is love it, Twitter, then. Is it that kind of? You'd have to love it, yeah. right? Like I'm not even considering it. No, sir. Like I'm not paying for the service. Uh, me personally, but eh, you do you, man. It's your money. Yeah, you do you. And me doing me is laughing at you for paying for Twitter. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Good for you. You got the little blue check mark. I mean, it's almost more embarrassing, right? To, yeah. 
to have yeah. the little blue check mark these days. Like I almost like well, I almost think you should just put a cash signal next to their names. <laughs> that, that'd the blue be better, check- right? Look, yeah, a different type of yeah, uh, yeah. Che- uh, verification. Yeah, yeah, Elon getting pennies. Well, all you got to do, e, you got to see. Like usually, people are. I, I mean, there's different levels. I, I don't even care. You know what I mean? Like right. I've never applied for the blue check mark. Apparently, you got to. I had a friend who had like forty thousand followers. Right? Was mm-hmm. like legit. Um, been in a, a fantasy analyst for years, headlining sites, stuff like that. Twitter would not give him the blue check mark. That's crazy. And and, I, and then you see people out there with like ten thousand people following them that get the blue check mark. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know, I don't know what the and and so I never was the cloud chaser. Didn't feel the need to go for the blue check mark. You want to follow my tweets? Are no better with the blue check mark or without the blue check mark? Right. It just verifies that you're Mike. You're the okay. Mike I, I'm I'm who who's gonna try to pretend to be me? Um, you know, whatever. I, yeah, you do you. I try to be you. You do you, and I will laugh at you. That is my mantra in life. All right, uh, we'll come back a little more from Todd McShay from Pro Football Network on uh, on draft stuff with Tony Pauline on deck for tomorrow's show with Tony Smith and ET. I'm Mike Dempsey. This is Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. All Jags, all NFL. Jaguars today on 1010XL. Hey, uh, looky over here, Tony Smith. Uh, oh. Saqib is on line one. Yeah. Jags didn't play today, right? <laughs> so, that means his mental's good right now. All right. Well, it's, you know, I, I hope so. The last time they played, they lost. But we love Saqib. 641-1010 if you want to jump in. Let's say hello. Good morning, Saqib. What's on your mind? What's up, boys? How are you? You know... It's kind of weird, you know, I just came back to Jacksonville just for a few, you know, to a little bit, and I was hearing you guys, because I can't hear you guys that much, even on the app down there in Keystone, so, you know, I get to hear you guys when I'm in Jacksonville. So I want to ask you a question, Mike, if you guys know, how does the whole process work with Calvin Ridley? Does it take a month, two, for him to get reinstated, a few weeks? Like, how does that work right now because it's off-season? I'm just kind of curious how the whole thing works. I know Justin Blackman did it back in the day. But he never got reinstated, but it's been so long, I kind of forgot how the process works. Gotcha. Can you explain the process of that sure. whole thing? I mean, you know, he's got to apply for reinstatement, which we would presume he's doing today, mm-hmm. right? So today's the first day he could do it, and then the league, you know, has to get around to looking at whatever that appeal, so to speak, entails and how complicated the case is. Here is a recent example. Okay. All right, Josh Gordon. Been suspended, reinstated a couple of times. Yeah. Right? Generally for marijuana use, I believe, maybe every time it's been for marijuana use, right, with him. Was it a drink on an airplane the one time? A violation of his, but it was stemming from a suspension for marijuana use where he was supposed to uh, not imbibe or whatever, right? But he, in 2021, in the offseason, he applied, Josh Gordon did, applied for reinstatement on July 28th. Or, I'm sorry, July 2nd of that year. Okay. So, early July. And the first report that he had been granted reinstatement came on September 24th. <laughs> so, almost three months later. That's close to three months later. Yeah. Now, the great thing is, February, March, April, May. Yeah, all right. Uh-huh. Calvin Ridley's back in the middle of May. You know, it's, it's yeah. okay. It's not perfect. You want him back. You'd like him back. And you'd like to know 
before free agency in the draft, ideally. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to know before free agency. They may have a feeling, and I think the feeling in the building is he's going to be reinstated. Yeah. You can't know that. Yeah, you'd like it for it to be before you start whatever your offseason plan is going to be. Yes. Right? I mean, you got to have a, a, a Calvin Ridley plan, a non-Calvin Ridley plan. Right. Because as of now, as we've said since they made the trade, they haven't even had a conversation with the guy yet. Right? Correct. Like, they haven't been allowed Officially. to, you know? Uh, they may have figured out some back channel yeah. way But to no, do that, you're right. But... They're not supposed to have any contact with Yeah. Them. So, the sooner the better in that regard so that Trevor Lawrence could throw a football to Calvin Ridley in whatever capacity they want to do that. Right now. Let me ask you this. Why couldn't Trevor Lawrence get together with Calvin Ridley and throw footballs anyway? Oh, he could. Right, he can, right, on his yeah. own time. On his own time, There's yeah. no rule that, right, I mean, at this, out. You can't stop season, me from going to a park. Well, and that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like, you, you can't practice with your team, but you can go to local high school X and yeah. get together with a handful of your receivers. So, I would hope that any invitation that is extended is eagerly accepted Yeah, uh, to do that immediately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is like, I, I would hope Calvin Ridley, and for all we know, all this has already happened, right? Like, but I hope he and Trevor Lawrence have had conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm coming. What do you want me to do? What, how, how much you want me to make myself available? Yeah. I want to hit the ground running. I'm only under contract. Just from a his own self-preservation, like, he's never gotten that big deal in right. the NFL. Yeah. He's going to play on the fifth-year option this year, which is good money. It's life-changing money for most people, but it's not the money that he would have thought he'd be playing for right now if Calvin Ridley never steps away from the game and had maintained his level of play. He's probably signed one of those $25 million a year type deals. Sure. Even if it's not so March, where it's one of those where you connected and was like, yeah, you know, post Fine. after the season, I'm doing this, this, and this. I'll be back in town at this date. Or are you going to be around, you know, at that time? And yeah, we'll get together for a few days, hang out, do whatever. Uh, the bottom line is it's up to the NFL, yeah. right? This could go as quick as they wanted to or as slowly as they wanted to, quite frankly. But I've yeah. heard no, you know, uh, what do they call those um, circumstances that that make things more difficult, like in court? Uh, not mitigating because that, that lessens. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Complicating? And, uh, that's the yeah. the essence, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. – uh, uh, like oh he did, oh well, he, he you was can understand doing this. with like Josh Gordon given where he was at that point in his career and the reasons that he had been suspended that the league may have taken its time figuring out is this really what we want to do at this point whether sure. it's, and, and, it's fair to Josh Gordon or not that's the way they were going to deal with that situation right. this one seems much more cut and dry it you can seems. figure out have you gambled at any time in the past year on football okay you know yeah you're back. Like, that seems to be as simple as this should be, but this is the National Football League and nothing is I mean, I'm sure they want to interview him and, yeah. and be like, you know, where where was your head on this? And, and uh, you know, have you had it? You know, they're going to – it's not going to be one or two questions. It's going to be a little bit of a process. But, yeah, it, sh- it doesn't have to be as complicated as the Josh Gordon case. Yeah. But that's – as an example, there's a guy – who got reinstated and then joined the Chiefs practice squad in 2021, and that was September, late September. Uh, at that point, season had to have already kicked off by a mm-hmm. few weeks. So, and and so it was nearly three months for him. Again, Jags have the good fortune of uh, if Calvin Ridley goes ahead and applies today, that's as early as you could possibly do it. Even if it followed that timetable, I mean, May doesn't kill you. I think they're going to assume that they have Calvin Ridley. Maybe you can't, but. Um, you know, would that change it? Like, if you if Calvin Ridley's not reinstated by the draft, 
Is that going to change your plan? It might, right? Like Jackson Smith and Jigba's there, and a corner you really like is sitting there at 24. You go, well, I don't know if Ridley's going to be there. We can't pass up this this weapon for Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, sure. I could, that, that could definitely be a possibility. So Smith and Jigba to the Jaguars in Todd McShay's second mock draft uh, here, Tony. And uh, he, he said, you know, the passing game took a big step forward in Lawrence's second season. Christian Kirk signing paid off, and Ridley should be a factor next season once he returns from suspension. Uh, Lawrence probably still needs another pass catcher, especially because tight end Evan Ingram is a free agent, and we can't be sure what Ridley will bring after missing more than a year. That's part of it, too, and that ties into our question of the day. Your expectations for Ridley will give you hours coming up. Uh, Smith and Jigba is a tough evaluation. In the Rose Bowl in January of 2021, just in that game, Smith and Jigba caught 15 passes for 347 yards and three touchdowns that year. That's good. Yes, it is. I'm here to tell you that that is good. Uh, like, double that, and it was, like, better than Zay Jones' best season <laughs> prior to last year. Anyway, um, he had 1,606 yards that season. Had two catches, though, as McShay points out, that were longer than his entire yardage total for 2022. He only had 43. Hamstring issue, limited to five catches over three contests, which could mean if you you have to evaluate, I think, based on the tape of 2021, and then you have to determine whether or not you think this is a chronic hamstring issue or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. But if you believe that he is the player that he showed himself to be in 2021 and can get back to being that level of talent, then you probably were never going to get that guy with the 24th pick. Right, so the fact that he didn't play much this year, you know that that's what happens with these guys with question marks. We always look like, oh, the Jags can't take a chance on that guy, right? Because they're picking top ten. Oh, you got to get a short thing here. Oh, you know, whatever. And then we see the teams picking in the Jags area of the the round now, and we're like, damn, they get some great bargains there. Yeah, you know, this guy fell for whatever reason, and maybe he wasn't the perfect measurables or what have you. So uh, I'd be okay with it, you know, if that's the route they choose to go not every receiver by the way hits the national football league and has the impact of a garrett wilson or chris olave you know so sometimes it's going to take a year or two and if you've got ridley kirk zay jones in the fold uh you've got a little bit of time to allow that to happen mm -hmm. the other one uh, at pro football network had the jags taking michael mayer the tight end at notre dame and again this is i guess presuming evan ingram's not back they said if ingram costs too much to bring back Mayor's a good backup plan. At least they're acknowledging, like, hey, like I, I was totally not down with Matt Hayes' suggestion yesterday. Ingram comes back and you trade up for a tight end in the first round. Absolutely terrible use of resources, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, if Ingram signs elsewhere, you got to put tight end in the mix, you know, and and again, you got to base it on their evaluations. Uh, Hayes Carl, I made a good point, though, Tony. There are some decent names, not any one single name. That would necessarily excite me as much as Evan Ingram, including Dalton Schultz, for sure. that matter, because he's got the pre-cooked chemistry with Trevor right. Lawrence. And it made me think as we were going through that conversation with Hayes mm -hmm. and, you know, building off the idea of that we had been talking about just the segment before that, where my supreme confidence that the Jags were going to make it easy to keep Evan Ingram. And if that means using the franchise tag, that's the the direction they'll go. I'm still pretty sure Evan Ingram's going to be back here. But thinking about it from the perspective of, okay, maybe you sign one of those other guys to a one-year deal in free agency and draft a tight end. 
right? Because then you aren't necessarily relying on that tight end that you're bringing in to be your impact tight end year one, but maybe year the two, year guy. three. Yeah. Right. So I like I could see with if they really do want to make Juwan Taylor the priority between those two guys, and I feel more and more confident that that's the direction they're going is making Taylor the priority, that I wouldn't be surprised if ultimately it landed on, okay, we'll sign another tight end potentially to do a one-year deal, try to get the same kind of thing out of him, and develop a young guy. Like, if that's the direction they went at this point, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, it, it could happen that way, to be sure. I mean, or you could even just say, hey, you know what, let's sign Hayden Hurst to a three-year deal if we feel he, he's going to be cheaper. Maybe – Maybe, Maybe more yeah. a, a better blocking tight end than Ingram, but I don't think – I mean, he's a good receiving tight end, but he's not – Ingram's like a receiver out there, yeah. you know? Like, the speed – like, he catches those crossing routes, and then he can separate and run away from guys on those, and we saw it multiple times, beat guys to the corner, turn up, and is an effective runner with the ball in his hands. I just want him back. I just, I just, I'm with you. I want him back. We're just in an era where we're finally getting – People that want to stay and to hear, to hear Trevor Lawrence saying guys are coming up and they're kind of saying, hey, man, yeah. find me a way to get to Jacksonville. That is amazing. Yeah, my confidence is slipping, but I'd still probably put it in that 80 to 85 percent. Yeah, range. I'd probably put them at 85 yeah. as well. But I, I mean, maybe it shouldn't be slipping. I don't think anything's changed. It's just the way we're looking at it mm -hmm. maybe has changed a little bit. All right, we'll come back on the other side and uh, we'll give you some numbers, our own projections for uh, Calvin Ridley this year as uh, the question of the day just asks you to project his stat line catches yards and touchdowns for 2023 we'll do that on the other side and look at some of yours uh, when we return in a moment this is Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM now more Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM all right, uh, we got a lot to get into in these last 10 minutes or so. Uh, a quick detour. We'll get back on the Jags here momentarily. Tony Smith going to take you around the National Football League. Now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. As expected, the Las Vegas Raiders did release quarterback David Carr yesterday, making him a free agent for the first time in his career. Carr was selected by the Raiders in the second round of the 2014 NFL Draft in nine seasons with them. Carr was selected to four Pro Bowls, compiled a 63-79 record as a starter and finished third in the MVP voting. In 2016, the Arizona Cardinals are hiring Philadelphia defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon to be their next head coach. All head coaching positions have now been filled across the National Football League. And Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin Cook underwent shoulder surgery on Tuesday to repair an injury that the team said was sustained over the last couple of seasons. The Vikings called the surgery a success and said that Cook is expected to make a full recovery before the start of the regular season. Uh, you did it, by the way. You called him David. Oh, did I? <laughs> you did uh, it. Right. Yeah. It happens all I do, I do that all the time. Look, I call Aaron Rodgers Brett Favre 50% uh -huh. of the time. <laughs> right. So Derek Carr, David Carr, that's an easy one yeah. to do, you know. Yeah, but, you know, you, in your head, you just go, oh, yeah, David Carr was the one who got sacked 70-whatever times that yeah. was. That's how I do it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Derek Carr's free man. Going to go sign with somebody. Uh. Yep. You know, and I heard them talking about it yesterday on XL Primetime. It's $40 million guaranteed. It wasn't all $40 million this year. No. You know, uh, it was like 30 this year. I think you can get north of that uh, in today's climate. 
Possibly, with, yeah. You know, when the when you're talking about Jalen Hurts probably going to get 50, is Derek Carr worth 30? Yeah, I think so. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a situation where multiple teams can bid on it. But we'll worry about that as the week goes on. Uh, all right, uh, let's get to Calvin Ridley projections for the upcoming season. Our own thoughts, uh, the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. Multiple offers on your home in three days or they'll sell it for free. Visit chadandsandy.com for more info. Catches, yards, touchdowns. We need the projection. E.T., please. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10, 10 take. Brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. They call it my take, but I like to share. So, uh, we like <laughs> to give our thoughts on the question of the day uh, in the 10, 10 take form. Uh, here's how I did it. Um, I looked at, wh- what are the Jags losing, first of all? They're losing Marvin Jones, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of yardage, uh, 529 yards for Marvin Jones last year with the Jaguars. So I'll write that right onto Calvin Ridley's bottom line to begin with, right? How much will Trevor Lawrence improve as a passer this year? I can't put an exact number on it, but I think it'll be significant, Tony. Mm -hmm. He was ninth in the league with 4,113 yards passing. Could he add 500 to that total? I think so. Sure. Right. And if he does, and you take Brady out because he retired, that would have put Trevor Lawrence third in the league in passing. Now, so let's maybe we add 400. You take what you had from Marvin Jones, and then maybe you know Zay Jones has a little bit less than he had last year. Maybe Christian Kirk has a few less targets. But here's what I came up with. Five catches a game at 12 yards a catch. That's being conservative on mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley's historical production. Uh, other than the five games he played in 2021, his worst yards per catch was 12.8. But I, I'm going to assume a little bit of rust, something, right, that it's not going to be just as smooth. So I put him at five a game at – 60 yards a game, basically, is okay. what that is. Uh, and I've got him for 85 catches for 1,020 yards, which the catches feel a little bit high, quite frankly, because you got to give targets to Kirk. So maybe you could adjust that by boosting the yards per catch up to 13, take you know however many receptions away, but just about the 1,000-yard mark. Call it around 80 catches for 1,000, and I got him for six touchdowns. I'm trying to – not get crazy mm-hmm. and say, what do I realistically think if he can play all 17 games? So I got my numbers. My final bottom line was 85, 10, 20 in yardage and six TDs. What do you got? I got 65 for 943 with seven touchdowns. So that'd be 14 and a half a catch. Well, you're, you're, uh, look. So I think he's going to be more a big play threat. Could uh, be, right? I mean, he's kind of both. Right, yeah. he he's a good route runner. He can get deep, as evidenced by his career marks and yards per catch. Et, what do you got? We're all kind of similar, a little bit. I, I think most people are going to be. I got him at seventy catches. Okay, nine hundred yards. Okay, ten touchdowns. Ten touchdowns. Yeah, I got him at ten touchdowns. I'm more conservative on the touchdowns. Uh, I think Trevor's going to throw for more. He probably will. Yeah. He probably will. But again, are you taking any away from anybody else? Right, like Marvin Jones scored yeah. three. So you start him with those three. Uh-huh. Trevor adds three to his total that all go to Ridley. That gets the my six, right? And then now you're pushing up against 30. Uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, all these other guys are going to stay exactly the same. I don't know. Look, uh, I think most of those projections I'd be happy with. A few less catches with a higher yards per catch mm-hmm. or a few, little bit more volume at a little bit lower average between six and ten touchdowns. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, like if if he put it this way, if he had eighty five for a thousand and six, I'd want to give him an extension. Woo, yeah. yeah, right now would, right I, would he be worth twenty five million? We can debate that. Right, come on, down the come road. On, hey, come look, on, that's uh, that's the market, man. For <laughs> for guys at the top, which is another reason why you might go like, let's say he had those numbers. You might go, I don't know if that's worth twenty seven million dollars, right? <sighs> so w- w- what if it's not? What then you might go, all right, well, you know, we gave it a shot. Uh, we don't have to give up the second round pick if we don't sign him to an extension. It would probably max out at a third in 2024. And then maybe you drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba or somebody else like yeah. that, you know? It would be sure it would be nice to keep him. It'd be great. If uh, look, those numbers. I, I'm not writing it off. Uh, trust me. I'm just uh, saying that, you know, there are so many different possibilities on the table. I'll just read some of the numbers uh, here uh, from my man Rick Wolf. This is very close to what we're talking about. 75 for 11, 20, and 6. 85 for 1111 from Scott. That's very similar to mine, except the touchdowns are, are greater. Mm-hmm. 70 for 850 and 8. That sounds close to you, Tony. Yep. Uh, Cristiano had that. 105 for 1046 and 9. I, I, I That's a, such a low yards per yeah. catch average, though. I mean, that's just like right at 10 yards. That's just under. It's like 9.9 yards a catch. That's way down. Now, I granted, in his last year, he was only averaging 9.1 through five games, but that was a year where he, I think, was questioning his own love for the game. Yeah. I think you're going to get a fully reinvigorated Calvin Ridley whenever he gets reinstated this time around. 67 for 908 and 8, averaging uh, 13.5, and they threw in the bonus stat line for Kirk, 78 for 962 and 7. Um. That that basically be co number ones yep. right there, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I don't care, man. I don't care. Jags win, Jags win. They all win, <laughs> right? That's that's what the bottom line is. Is uh, what oh, we got going on. I here? thought I thought Matt Hayes was coming in here with a salad. I'm like, know your audience, brother. I appreciate. It. I'm good. Thank you very much. So, um, Matt Hayes, you know, you're a day late if you want me to be your Valentine, Matt. I mean, for goodness sake. Uh, oh, th- thank you. Leftovers. He's got chocolate covered strawberries there. E. He's like, wait a minute, give me one of those. Hold on. That head snapped around real quick. So um, there you go. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you very much. What do you got? Are we doing? Uh, going to do crosstalk? <laughs> Matt got roped into sticking around for this. <laughs> I'm like, who do a crosstalk? All right, well, Cirs is coming in behind you, but we're good. Let's say hello. Let's say hello to now, the uh, the gift a giver. Two-minute drill <laughs> brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Cersei's like that meme of that, that chubby baby who comes running in the room, puts the brakes on, right, and goes right back stumbling around. back around <laughs> the other way. He's like, oh, Hayes is in there? Good. I don't have to talk to those guys. Uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, what, what is this leftovers from uh, yeah. your, your celebratory um, Valentine's celebratory Day? Valentine's, and uh, yeah, I thought I'd bring him in. And- it's very nice of you. Appreciate Thank you very that. much. Yeah. Uh, happy Calvin Ridley can apply for reinstatement day. It's fantastic, isn't it? It is great. And let's hope it, it you know, we assume, oh, this is going to happen so quick. We we're looking at the case of Josh Gordon. Now, a lot of complications with him, right? But the last time he applied for reinstatement took him almost three full months to get it. And that went from early July into, into the regular season with him. Three months would put the Jags in May, which... You know, I, I know they are presuming he's coming back, but, man, you'd like to have that settled before free agency oh, in the yeah. draft. Yeah, I mean, not only that, these are two completely different – you're talking about substance abuse compared to basically the unforgivable sin in the NFL, betting on games. Sure. So, it, it, But it does seem like there are less complicating factors here, right? He's not got a, had a history like Josh Gordon had, and there, there's no 
I, to my knowledge, I don't think he had to go to like Gamblers Anonymous or anything like that, any kind of rehab that he'd have to show that he's kept up with. I don't know. I don't know what it's all going to entail. Not only that, like, like, why does it take so long for the NFL to just make a decision? I don't know. I, I right, like, just that's the make thing. a decision. Like, why did it take him three months on Josh Gordon? Right. I mean, I can understand it doesn't have to be twenty four hours, but three months just seems a little much. So let's hope for a <laughs> quick resolution. Who are we going to get? Do you suspect if he's fully reinstated this year? I mean, I don't. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's been out of league for a year and a half, close to two that's full a years. A lot of time to be away from the game. I agree. Even if he's in great shape, I mean, that's the game changes year by year. Now you're talking about two years removed from it. I'd love to see him get the same guy that Eddie was the last time he stepped in the field for a full season. I don't know that you're going to get that though. Right, and that's why today we're asking people to project numbers. We're all kind of coming down from that height because he was over 15 yards a catch that year. He was 90 grabs. He had 143 targets. He was spectacular. You know, basically career highs across the board, one less than his career best in touchdowns. But, look, I know it's a difference in age, but Jamar Chase sat out a year, right? And It's certainly a difference in age, right? but you know what also it is? It's also that he didn't lose any tread on his tires. He's Correct. almost two years away from the game and he right. didn't get hit. And, and, like, talking to John Shipley, he's talked to people who have worked out with Calvin Ridley. Say he looks phenomenal. Now, great. We all understand being in shape, being in football shape, not exactly the same right, thing. Right, you get that first hit, it's a little bit different. It is, yeah. but, like, well, hopefully he's not taking too many big ones. But, you know, what I, <laughs> like, it's good to know that, you know, you don't want to hear, well, he'll play himself into shape, you know, uh-huh. or he'll, yeah. you know, three months. From, and I don't want right. I, I want to hear that he's in unbelievable shape from day one. And that's what we're hearing so far, right? So, uh, wish him the best, and uh, because it's the best for the Jags if he gets reinstated as quickly as possible. What, what will you guys be talking about today? Ridley, Ridley free agency, draft. Why not? Yep. Love it. Love and it. And the Daytona 500 this weekend, by the way. I, it is this weekend. Yeah. I've been invited to uh, join a fantasy NASCAR league for the first time in oh. a few years. Wait, how does that work? Real quick. Uh, well, the one I used to play on Yahoo, right? You would have basically four drivers. You had, you had, uh, you could pick eight at the beginning of the week, and you could adjust your lineup, but it locked at a certain point. And you had like an A flight, a B flight, and a C flight. You had one A, two Bs, and a C. And then you got points for like laps led, obviously Ooh. the finish, you know, things right. like that. Qualify, you can get qualifying points as well. Uh, so you know, it was pretty. Honestly, it was pretty simple. And it was pretty popular, and then Yahoo dropped their game. Yeah. And now the ones that are out there are a lot more complicated right. than this. And it's like, man, I just like click, click, click. And <laughs> it was fun. I actually I, I did very well playing, and, and it really made me watch a lot of NASCAR back in that time period. That's when the movie Cars had come out, right? And my son, right. that was his favorite movie as a little youngster. Right. And so we, we went from watching Cars to – like, he's like, look, Daddy, M&M's, right? And it'd be right. Kyle Busch going around the track. So we rooted for <laughs> Kyle Busch for a few years. Because it was M&M's, right? No yeah. doubt. I mean, I like M&M's. So. Cool. All right, Matt, have a great show. All right, boys. Appreciate you. There you go. Um, That'll do it for us today. Yes, it will. Uh, shame, shame, all of you who buy Twitter. <laughs> 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 I love it. Uh, you know, for the record, I love Doom. Doom's great, and uh, Doom's Doom's a, a grown-up. He can handle it. Yeah. Um, if he couldn't, I wouldn't be quite as <laughs> vitriolic with him at times. But uh, anyway, uh, somebody also uh, said we all, he almost had to, to bail on us in the first hour. Too much snake talk. Can't have t- oh, <laughs> all that snake yeah. talk. I was like, what, what do we do to offend someone now? And he's like, the snakes. I'm like, okay, I get that. I do get that. Mm-hmm. Right? Some people just don't like the thought of uh, the snakes. All right, that'll do it. Uh, Tony Pauline tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah, that'll be fun. M- first of many. 
with yeah. uh, our favorite draft I haven't guy. Talked to him since the week before last year's draft. No, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him uh, basically ten minutes on Bijan Robinson <laughs> and <laughs> just how generational a talent right, are we talking yeah. about here? All right, that'll do it for us uh, today. Thanks to the Hammer Hayes Carlion for stopping by today, and all of you out there for listening and participating with your ears. That's uh, what we appreciate out there. And, of course, our great sponsors as well. For Tony Smith and E.T., I'm Mike Dempsey. Stick around for XL Primetime coming up next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. So, guess what? TNT is popping, and there won't be no stopping. Bang, bang, bang.